Hi, welcome to another episode of Paul Tom Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Rob Valentin. He's the uh, Senior Vice President and General Manager of the Automotive, RF, and uh, Memory Groups at Atmel, which who we all know is a uh, embedded systems solutions provider. So hi, Rob. Welcome to the show. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me. Well, I wanted to have you on the show, Rob, because uh, today I'd like to talk about automotive systems. And uh, the whole thing about automotive is there are a tremendous number of often conflicting pressures on the automotive space. You've got the embedded space where you've got to share bandwidth within the system between engine management and infotainment and the other subsystems within the car. You've got the manufacturing issues, and you've got the consumer interface issues of display and switches and haptics, and then the greater issue of communications within the Internet of Things and who knows what future traffic management technologies and maybe even tapping into the smart grid. So there's a lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts right now in the automotive embedded space. What's your perspective on it? Well, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of innovation that's happening in the automotive space today. Um, you know, when I think about it, when I talk with our customers, the, uh, the OEMs and the Tier 1s, I think you can generalize into three categories as to um, the innovations that they're looking for us to help provide them. And they fall into the categories of you know, fuel efficiency, how do you make cars go better, more green, et cetera. You see a lot of stuff that's happening in hybrid electric vehicles. Uh, mm-hmm. The second category I think of is safety and security. And, um, and security, as an example, is, is not just security from a protection standpoint, but you also have to have security now because canar- cars are now becoming connected vehicles, whether they're connected to the infrastructure or they're communicating to your home or other vehicles, which now opens things up to tampering and hacking, so those are becoming a little bit more in the forethought. And then last but not least is the, uh, is the user experience. And so that user experience that you have as you interface with your PC, your tablet, or your smartphone, they're now looking to try to bring those same kind of experiences to the car as well. So those are the three areas that we have our conversations with our customers on. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, before we get into some of the um, positive aspects of it, I would like to go over what are some of the pitfalls and challenges. I mean, what are some of the things that engineers have to really keep an eye out for to avoid painting themselves into a corner or getting into a tar trap or something like that in their design, which unfortunately is starting to happen more and more as the, it's almost like the standards are shifting as the technology is shifting, as the applications are shifting. So there's a lot of challenges for the engineer, isn't there? Well, yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, I think to go to the first part of your question, I think the biggest pitfall or the thing that we always have in the back of our mind, maybe not even the back of the mind is probably the right to say it, is probably in the forethought is as we're trying to provide the solutions uh, that they're looking for, is you always have to make sure that there is that safety aspect of it. As an example, one of the things I brought uh, as one of those categories was the user experience. There are lots of things that you can do with your tablet and smartphone today that you frankly just wouldn't want to have enabled to be able to do while driving because of the safety issues involved. <laughs> very, very good point. And actually, aren't there um, third-party companies trying to come out with like apps to keep you from using it and all? But that's almost like a Band-Aid solution. Isn't I, I gather you're talking about a deeper solution to that. Yeah, there are. So there are, there are um, lots of... Um, Standards that are being looked at as to how do you address the needs of what the actual consumer, the end user, is looking for, and then what, uh, from a safety perspective, what the federal government wants you to be able to do, well, not just the U.S. federal government, by the way, but also what uh, other countries are going to be regulating for and ensuring on the safety of their communities. Yeah, and, and actually, that's very interesting from that point, Rob, because 
talk about, I wouldn't say conflicting, but two very strong and dissimilar goals is energy efficiency and safety. Because sometimes an encryption protocol or a advanced communication protocol or some other firewall protocol for security may actually add to your bandwidth issues or may add to your system management issues or your duty cycle issues and impact your energy efficiency. Well, which is true, um, but that's, that's where we come in as well. And I think we're technology and semiconductors, so we can look at how do we improve the, um, how fast we can provide the information. If you think about it, all this information and the ideas that people are talking about today, whether you're talking about radar, or like I said, whether you're talking about Wi-Fi, whether you're talking you know, Wi-Fi 802.11p, vehicle-to-vehicle, vehicle-to-information, like all of us, it's no difference in the cars. There's just a lot of data that is now available to people. I think what becomes the challenge in any of these environments is to how do you convert that data into information that's useful, and you do it in a way that's, that's efficient from a power standpoint, as you just brought forth, and also efficient from a, from a time standpoint in where it becomes usable information. Right. Well, actually, then this is a good point to say, what are some of the things Atmel is doing? So, well, uh, one of the things that we announced uh, this week at the, at the Consumer Electronics Show is our new Avant car. And the, uh, the Avant car is really what we're trying to bring all our technologies to showcase in, in one area, and that's the center stack. So we, Atmel being a microcontroller embedded system solutions provider, as you said earlier, and touch interface, we, of course, do that. But this, this goes a step further. This really takes what we envision as to the potential future of the vehicle. So it's, it's looking at our touch, and, but not just from a touch controller standpoint, but from using our X-Sense and now moving away from that modularized center console concept in, in, that's embedded in every vehicle today and looking at how to become more of an integrated, holistic, homogenistic, curved surfaces, a little bit more futuristic, and also looking at all the other automotive technologies around that using LIN, using CAN, using um, ambient lighting. So how do you make the vehicle now more personalized to the user? Right. Well, and that's, isn't that where a lot of the development is currently going in that interface space is to give the flexibility to the manufacturer to present a custom experience to the user? Absolutely. When I, when I talk to our customers, those are a lot of things they talk about with us. It's, you know, think of the concept of your, your I'll, I'll go to your smartphone. There's a lot of talk right. about smartphone and tablets today. You know, your smartphone, Alex, is different than my smartphone, and we may still have the same base Samsung or Apple or HTC or whatever smartphone that we have, but yours is different than mine because of the applications that you put on it. So your home screen on yours looks different because you put maybe different photographs, different background. You have the apps that you use most frequently on your front home screen, and you can page to the other ones that you use less frequency, frequently. Um, but we see users wanting to have the same thing, especially those generation wires and the millennials, et cetera. They're used to having something that is theirs, and it's personal to them. And we see the same thoughts and the same concepts now being brought to the car. Very good point. Very well. And, and it, you could almost say it's an echo of the car audio boom of the uh, you know, 80s and 90s when everyone was very aggressively personalizing their audio systems, and then that all became OEM. I think you're going to see a lot of that stuff that we're currently developing wind up becoming OEM as well. 
That's true. Now, I mean, also think about it is, is when you enter your vehicle with your smartphone in your in your pocket, that app's processor that you have in your smartphone is probably one of the strongest microprocessors that's going to now be in the vehicle. It's a very high end, very low power, very efficient app's processor that's already doing a lot of things from an from a human-machine interface perspective and from having the applications available to the end user that, that you want in the vehicle as well. So how do you take that power? How can you utilize that and embed that into or have it communicate or mirror into your center console? And that's kind of one of the things that we're, we're showing with the Avant Car concept. It's, it's, a, it's a seamless center console that, uh, where we've allowed with ambient lighting to put whatever colors that you want in there. The applications that you have can be mirrored from your phone into the dashboard, and you can organize it based upon passenger versus uh, driver as to those applications, again, because the passenger wants to do things and is able to do things that, you, that the driver would not, uh, what you would not want them to be able to do while driving, as an example. Right. Understood completely. And, and, and so why don't you tell us a few, little bit more about um, that solution and then from there go into a little bit of where you see the future. Okay. So, so the solution that we talked about, like I said, it brings several Atmel technologies. One of them is our, is our touchscreen controllers because we're very strong in that. What we've done is we've taken what we've already done and the, uh, the dominance and the things that we've learned in the uh, tablet space, larger screens, and we've brought that into the center console. So the center console that we're showing in the event car is just one large screen, if you think of it that way. You, there, there are no buttons. There are no uh, knobs. It's just one flat screen. So using haptics, et cetera, we're able to use button slider wheels. We have X-Sense because now we can have those curved surfaces, which the design community really wants to be able to bring into the cockpit. We have proximity detection. So that way, and that's an important one, I think, from when we talked about the conflict between the user experience and still being having safety in the forethought of your mind. So in proximity, it's not just as your hand gets close to something and something gets enabled, such as audio volume, which we do do, but it also can detect is the hand coming from the passenger compartment or is the hand coming from the driver compartment. If from the driver compartment, therefore, you want to have a limited set of things that they can do. But if it's coming from the passenger compartment, you probably would allow them to do navigation or maybe even watch video type things. So we can do things like that now. Um, haptic feedback. Well, haptic feedback. Well, I was just going to say, Rob, because actually that, that is a very critical aspect to minimize the driver distraction and properly allocate functionalities because you're right, the, dri the passenger would be, quote, unquote, allowed to do things that the driver should not be able to do. Absolutely. I mean, m many of us today, me included, I have a vehicle where once I think I go above 20 miles per hour, I'm not allowed to integrate or interface with my navigation system. My wife can when she's sitting there, but guess what? She can't because the car right now isn't smart enough. We don't have enough technology built into it that allows it to realize it's her versus me as we're driving down the road. So in other words, so again, because safety is critical and paramount, is you just don't allow that functionality. There are things that we can do in the future that allows them to understand, yes, that is coming from the passenger compartment, and therefore you can do that activity because it's, uh, you're not compromising safety in doing so. Mm -hmm. but then, and, and if I may, Rob, that brings in a, a, another facet, critical, small but critical. We're going to have to develop a hierarchy prioritization for a lot of this because what if your smartphone has got an auto app and your wife's smartphone's got an auto app and your house has got a 
house management app, and all three of you get home at the same time, who does the system listen to? That's a good you know, question. You know, or, and, or let's go one more step. It's a hot summer day, and the utility now through the smart grid is trying to tell you that you can't run your air conditioner as hot, but your car's got your household programs. So when you drive into your garage, it turns up the air conditioning because you arrived home. So who, you know, we, that, I mean, I realize that's something we can't solve today, but that's an issue that we're going to have to think about are the command hierarchies within all of these subsystems who gets to call the shots depending upon the circumstances. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think that uh, will be dependent upon the circumstances, the environment, um, the application as well. Uh, but you know what? That's what makes technology so much fun because there's still so many challenges that are left uh, that are still not yet solved, and that's what makes my job fun. There you go. So um, give me a little bit more about where you're thinking the, the future's going, and then give me some closeout because we, we unfortunately can't talk a long, longer, although I would love to. We're running out of time in the episode. But uh, give me a little bit of a, some closing thoughts and some um, view on the future. And if you can give me your URL also, the website for uh, your uh, auto group for the audience, I'd like that as well. Great. So, uh, so what we look at the future is I think this whole human-machine interface is you – know, think of minority report. I mean, those things are not that far away if you really think about it now, gestures, touch, control, how we interact with machines. I talked about earlier about how we – especially as we now talk about the Internet of Things, there is going to be more and more and more data that's out there and it's being collected. I think the challenge for all of us is going to be how do we take that data, how do we uh, – collect it and synthesize it so that it becomes information that's useful to the, to the individual and easy information to find for them. That's where applications comes in. So I think as we look at it from a, from a hardware perspective, as we collect the information, from the processing perspective as to how do we synthesize it and what do we do with that data, and then from the application perspective that says now how are we going to provide that as a usable interface that's, that's uh, easily digested by the consumer, there's just going to be a lot of opportunities available to us. And I think Atmel, with our embedded expertise, with our low-power expertise, the Internet of Things that we're doing, bringing it from whether you're sitting at your desk at your office, at your, uh, in front of your TV at home, or whether you're sitting in your car, these are information that's all going to be available to you, and I think uh, Atmel is at the heart of that. Well, hey, you know, and I agree. I think that um, the companies like yours that are looking beyond just the current solution are the ones who are going to help us move the ball forward the most. And I really am glad you took the time to come on board. And I'm going to bring you back because you, since you are, I, I remember when I introduced you, you're also general manager of the RF and memory. We're going to bring you back for those areas to talk about too. Great. So, so for us in the RF space, yeah, we are clearly we are focused on, on the human-machine interface, the interaction in the vehicle. So we focus on touch controllers. We focus on X-Sense materials that enable those new curved surfaces. We do a lot in the embedded microcontroller space, uh, especially in the Lin and CAN area. And we will continue to find innovations that will bring that better user experience to the uh, end user and through the OEMs. Well, hey, I'm, I'm really glad you guys are. And thank you so much, Rob, for taking the time to be with us on the show today. Um, I got a lot out of it, and I know the audience did as well. Alex, it's my pleasure. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Great. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to listen to us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul on Power. Have a great day.